Hey guys, I'm Jessica Valenzuela, a wedding and events planner and designer for engaged couples and your host for the Not Just a Planner podcast. This podcast is all about educating you how to properly plan your special day to prevent any mishaps or red flags from arising. I don't sugarcoat anything. All advice and suggestions here are purely based on experience. So if you're ready to dive deeper into planning your wedding, you are in the right place. Here, you'll find episodes that are informative, educational, and fun so sit back with a coffee or wine in one hand and a pen in the other we're talking about all the raw and real life conversations of what it really takes to plan your wedding the budget friendly bridal tips are here and are you ready for it because I know that when you contact a ton of vendors or it might be your first time planning a wedding you might have gone sticker shock and realized Oh my gosh, things are so pricey. You hear about it all the time, but until you start planning your wedding, do you realize the actual cost to everything? And in this week's podcast, I'm breaking down my top tips to help any budget-friendly bride save money for her wedding. So first, we're going to talk about going seasonal. And not sure if you know this, but there is a term we call in the event industry, and that is what we call wedding season. Wedding season typically happens in the most popular months that people get married. Hint, 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 makes much sense. Um, But this is basically any type of month that's not the winter months. So this can vary from state to state or country to country, but here in the West Coast where I'm at in California, it's usually always hot and sunny. And um, if it's like the end of November to usually March when it's kind of more rainy, there's a chance of rain, um, that is when people, less people get married. They usually probably get proposed to during those months, right? Um we call that proposal season. That's usually the time that people get proposed to during the holidays and then up comes um, the new year and Valentine's Day. So if you are able to rent out a venue off season, you might be able to save a few hundred to a thousand dollars having it on a month where they usually don't operate on. Um, or if you have it on a weekday, that will also save you money. And I definitely have done a blog and YouTube video in that in the past. You can go ahead and check that out, um, at my YouTube channel. But the second one is flash sale dresses. So you probably researched so many different types of your favorite gowns, um, on Pinterest, maybe you've hit certain designers that you just love, or maybe you've already found local boutiques in your area. And around the time when it gets closer to the holidays, um, usually at the end of the year, or if it's like Black Friday around those times, they might have a flash sale to get rid of the the um, the sample dresses and bring in the new dresses for the upcoming year, right? So that is where the the sample dresses are marked down. And in most cases, when you get these off the rack dresses, you'll be able to hire a seamstress to alter the dress however you'd like. So this is a really, really good tip because dresses can be very expensive. And if you are someone who needs to get a dress but isn't so set on this is the exact way my dress needs to be, 
you might be able to get lucky by finding a sample dress around your size and then just get it altered to fit you. And um, you can be able to knock off a few hundred dollars and maybe even a thousand dollars. Like you can get very, very lucky when it comes to finding a flash sale dress. Um, so definitely research the heck out of Instagram um, and follow your local boutique stores because you might get lucky. The third one is DIY and this is do it yourself. So there are very certain things that you can DIY and some there are that I don't advise. And I've, again, addressed this in my YouTube channel. So if you wanna go ahead and check that one out, you definitely can. Um, so when you're DIYing things, there's certain things that you should definitely leave to professional and certain things that you for sure can do by yourself. And I think it really depends on how confident you are and know your creativity that you can do a project and do it without failing or that you would be okay with the outcome if the DIY project didn't come out exactly how you want it to be. Um, if it's something that you're totally confident with, go for it. But if it's something that really means so much and it's very important to you, then I would highly suggest to hire a professional and someone who can do that for you. Um, There's so many different types of videos and tutorials on the internet. So I have no doubt that you'll be able to find great hacks and fellow budget friendly tips on there with it. Um, but that is my advice. Number four is the venue choice. So when you're choosing your venues, you can choose between an all-inclusive venue where certain vendors are um, welcomed in the package that you're paying for, or you can have a blank canvas venue. And a blank canvas venue is a venue where you bring in certain vendors or basically all vendors to that space for that wedding day. Sometimes if you go for a blank canvas venue, you could... And if you hire the right vendors and you DIY the rest, you could save a lot of money there. But most times when you do a blank canvas venue, it can get very pricey. Um, so in order to get a good bang for your buck, I would say that if you were to opt out to rent a place from Airbnb or Peerspace and, and find like a gorgeous house that can be able to accommodate however many people you're having at your party they allow events um, and that would be able to save you a lot of money the most expensive items on your budget list is venue food and drinks and the fifth one is what i call eliminating the fluff so they're very important elements to a wedding right details matter of course i'm a wedding planner i love the details but in all honesty, those are for pictures. Those are for guests to have that memory. And if that's the details that you really, really care about, I would not eliminate those. But in a sense, with some of the details that you have to a wedding, you can eliminate them and not have them a part of the wedding because guests will most likely throw them away. So here are some common items that guests will either ignore or throw away. And number one is programs and menus. So norm normally the wedding party is the only people, <laughs> a part of the wedding that really play a role and would need to know when certain things happen in the wedding and where they need to be. You can easily create a canvas um, 
and blow it up and have it on an easel where guests can visibly see those major events happening throughout the night if you feel that they need to know. And for menus, it's a very, very favorite detail to a wedding. But honestly, guests will look at it and see, oh, this is what we're having for dinner and then discard it and we'll never look at it again. Number two is favors. People spend a ton of money on favors. And whether you're having something unique or something that they can use for the future, keepsake or something edible, a lot of people also hire photo booths. And that is a good way to kill two birds with one stone, if you will. With the photo booth company, if you have someone that offers like something you could print out and guests can take home, that is a very cute keepsake. Plus, you can also get so many amazing copies of these photos to add to your wedding album. Number three is cake. Don't get me wrong, a lot of people love, love, love seeing the cake. But do people really eat it? Oftentimes when I'm in weddings, no. In most cases, people are having so much fun on the dance floor. By the time they get back to their seats and rest, the cake's already soggy or the catering team took it away because they were taking way too long and it's already the end of the night and they have to shut down the wedding. So instead of doing that, you can opt for a faux cake with a simple design. Sometimes faux cakes can be expensive just as a regular cake, but I think it really depends on the design you're going for your cake. Um, you can also have a dessert table instead. So with the faux cake, you can have a part of that cake to have a slice, a real, real slice of the cake. So that way, you know, the photos, it looks realistic, right? But in the back of the catering team, they have sheet cakes ready where they can pass them along to your guests. Um, but a really good alternative is also having a dessert table. So, you know, you can have the faux cake and then um, you can have a dessert table with different types of sweets and no one will really know the difference or feel like they're missing out. And I really, really, really hope these tips helped you. I'm pretty sure they did. Um, but for any budget-friendly bride, I'm pretty sure they would agree that this is where it's at when you're saving money and the way to go for it. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I'll see you at the next one. Congratulations for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. I am so grateful for you. And if you have any questions or subject suggestions, please feel free to email me at hello at notjustaplanner.com. All right, until next time, happy planning.